Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. Where we just got out of a ghoulish fight. Nice. Oh I was like, God. I don't have You're anything. You're so I can't funny. Get out. Get out. Uh, Let's uh, see. <laughs> Rachel's going to be seen out now. <laughs> I'm here There's for like it. The, the comedy crook coming and just pulling her off the stage. Yep. <laughs> so we fought some uh, some undead shaitan, which are awesome. Undead genies are apparently Greater ghouls. Greater ghouls. But without, without the O. Yeah. Ghoul with no O. I real honestly, I think that should have been the la episode name for the last episode. Ghoul without no. <laughs> <laughs> I think actually etymologically, ghoul without an O is older. I think the word yeah. ghoul with an O was imported from the Middle Eastern tradition of ghoul, G-H-U-L, into the European belief of the ghoul. It probably ran into French and did something mm -hmm. weird and added an O. Yeah, French does things to words that don't make sense. Or English, for that matter. I mean, well, no, that tends to be use. The Brits love adding, like, use to, like, color and armor. What was it? English beats up other languages in a back yep. alleyway and steals yep. their words. Steals their grammar. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, you had uh, entered into the Vault of Incandescence. It's so purdy. Yep. It was full of little full shiny bugs. scarabs. Beautiful little scarabs. I want to know about scarabs. this now that the uh, threat, immediate threat is gone. And upon entering the vault, you've been forced to fight against a quartet of ghouls with no O. Great ghouls, in fact, which are a slight step up from regular ghouls because they have I even guess more powers. We'll let Tefnidu know that his friends that got turned into undead monstrosities have been put to their final rest. Yeah. Did he even know? Who knows? We have know. no idea. He didn't mention them. Yeah. A fight had then ensued, which... Uh, was at the very least somewhat difficult, made more difficult by the fact that only two members of the party could actually see them, and Sudi could sense them but not see them. Yep. And Masika just fired blindly. Yep. I was told to point in a direction, so you know what? That's what I and did. And Jashura also just fired blindly, because you do still have Jashura, the Paraka Div. Yeah. Paprika Div. What? Paprika Div. But as we begin, the five of you stand in the the chamber of the vault of incandescence a beautiful room wide open ceiling above a pair of massive iron doors with no visible handles locks or hinges on the far wall of the chamber the chamber's walls glitter and shine and writhe covered in hundreds of strangely glowing scarab beetles that scuttle across the wall filling the room with the soft hum of insects and a strange prismatic glow cast by their Luminescent, incandescent wings. Citra, I believe uh, you stand closer towards the center of the room, Sudi and Hollis having just stepped through the door, Masika and Jasura still standing in the the antechamber to the, the vault. The soft humming surrounding you, half of the, the vault almost cut in half because of the angle of Masika's frost blast, covered entirely in this rime of ice. The other half of the vault revealing the mirror-finished black floors and walls polished to a perfect shine. If there are any hieroglyphs in this room, you cannot see them beyond the massive waves of uh, scintillizing colors given off by the various scarab beetles. Hollis wants to detect magic on these walls. Masika will go ahead and enter the room and see if we can figure out if that door is just a solid iron plate that they would have used their warp metal on to open and close, or if there's a way we might be able to open it. Sudi will reach into his bag of holding, pull out a, a quiver of arrows, and give them to Jashura. 
with like a she, nod. Yeah, she'll nod, take them. Again, she burned through uh, all but, I think, four of her 20 arrows in that last fight. So she's up to mm-hmm. 24 now. I have more if you can carry them. I'll take all you have. All right, so Sudi will give her the full 80 arrows that we've got in the, uh, in the treasure <laughs> So now here. she has 104. <laughs> yeah, you know? take that. She has, she has one, one quiver at one hip, one quiver at another hip, you know, then basically forming a cross X over her back with additional quivers. Now, so as long dr- as she stays on our side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, if we, if we keep her around much longer, we're going to have to spring for a... Uh, Efficient well, quiver. one, an efficient quiver, but also probably, like, see about getting her bow to be endless ammunition. Because mm. she's burning through those. Yep. And Citra? Um, Citra's going to go take a look at these scarabs. Uh, so, Citra, what exactly are you doing? Are you just looking at the insects? Or are you trying to check the walls? I, I'm kind of just trying to see if they're illusory and if there's anything underneath them. Okay. So, Sudi, you retrieve your side arrows, hand them over to Jashura, who nods, you know, takes the time to kind of refill her various quiver and or quiver and strap on the uh, the various other quivers so that she has additional <laughs> ammunition. Hollis, you make your way forward and uh, spend your three rounds concentrating. So go ahead and roll me a spellcraft. Masika, go ahead and roll me a perception. Citra, go ahead and roll me a will save. Um, let's see. Hollis rolls a nine for a 33 spellcraft. Well, apparently I can make a will save when it's, uh, you know, not endangering my life. Uh, I rolled a 15 for 26. Okay. And Masika? Uh, Masika rolls a 14 for 21 on her perception. Can Narmer roll because he's over here with me because his perception's way better. I too shall look. (laughs) Narmer steps up, brings his flippers up, adjusts his little eyeballs. (laughs) Click, 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 click. Like a pair of binoculars. Narmer rolls an 18 on his perception. He has an 18, so that's what, a 36? Yes. Yep. You fan out into the room. Masika, you make your way over towards the door. Looking this over, you can tell that this is a uh, a large, solid door. Featureless, in fact. Almost more like a single sheet of metal with a slight indentation in the center where it would separate. However, you don't see any way that it could separate because it's just an indentation. Mm-hmm. Featureless isn't actually 100% accurate. It is featureless save for a single faint etching. A circular design with the ancient... Osirian symbol of the scarab beetle. As you lean down and look at it, it's curious because it's actually set on the, again, you can only use the term door because that's what this is shaped as, door, at approximately close to elbow level, basically where you would expect a handle to be. As you lean down and look at it, you can see that there are tiny little indentations spaced on the scarab beetle design. In essence, where tiny little scare beetle legs would go. Um, guys, Masika turns around and kind of glances around at this, well, there are what, hundreds of those beetles on the wall, aren't there? Yeah. Uh, real quick, before you can, uh, before you continue, Citra, you have a chance to go over and check the wall. You can tell that there are no hieroglyphs beneath this, and as you approach, you can get closer, you can hear the, the chittering sound of thousands of little insectile legs against hard stone that soft buzzing sound of the insects. You can even smell this, this almost dry, dusty scent, which is directly underneath that is the soft smell of something akin to incense. You think myrrh. As you look this over, however, there's something about the way the insects move that seems just so faintly off. There's a 
a repetition to the movement that doesn't seem to be natural. And of course, no response to a person approaching them. As you reach out a hand to brush forward just to kind of see if there are any hieroglyphs underneath them, you feel your you feel your hand touch for a brief moment the smooth carapace of one of these scarab beetles before it glides seamlessly through your hand. Through my hand? For a moment you felt you felt texture, you felt resistance before no. You, you can't interact with it at all. At the very least, you're not. You can act, interact with it if you try, but your natural suspicion, you suppose, has just uh, inured you to the, the magic mysteries of illusion. <laughs> uh, lastly, Hollis, you can determine that the walls here are covered with a programmed image. It is a much more powerful version of silent image, except for the figment activates when a specific condition occurs. The figment includes visual, auditory, oil factory, and thermal elements, cool. and could even include intelligible speech. You can set a triggering condition, which may be a spe special word when you cast the spell. The event that triggers the illusion can be as general or specific as detailed uh, and detailed as desired, but must be based on audible, tactile, oil factory, or visual triggers. The trigger cannot be based on some quality not normally obvious to the senses, such as alignment, etc. I mean, it may very well have been that this illusion activated when you opened the door. As a side note, go ahead and have Hollis make me a uh, roll percentile for me. Everybody roll in percentile. 49. Okay. Sorry, Masika, you're turning back to the group. So, um, I think one of these beetles is real and is the key to this door here. There's a slot for one to slide in. Well, there must only be one real one because the rest of these are just an illusion. Well, if we close that door, we might reset it so it's not moving. This is a... A programmed image and maybe opening the door started it. Okay. Sudi will go uh, close the outside doors and then close the inside doors um, into this uh, room. Nope. There's still little scare beetles crawling over every available surface. Um, Citra would like to make a perception roll with her magnified glass to see if she can't get lucky. <laughs> okay. Because she's already kind of identified that there's a weird movement. Maybe I can find the one that's moving not different. Sure. Uh, what are all the rest of you doing? I'm going to see if she's successful, and if not, then I'm going to try to dispel magic on the permanent image. Okay. Oh, I've got an idea. Um, I don't know if Sudi's tremor sense is sensitive enough, but can I, like, come up to the wall and maybe, like, feel where there's movement on the wall? Uh, you can attempt to, will save to disbelieve, because, again, it includes tactile, so Sudi currently, since he hasn't interacted, he can actually feel the tremor sense of each one of these insects. <laughs> <laughs> because it's an illusion with tactile sense. That's cool. I'll, I'll try to disbelieve. Masika's going to walk up to the wall and try to just grab one of these random beetles off, and maybe my Chistasek bloodline shenanigans will just do something. <laughs> well, in the meantime, I rolled a 12 for a 35, since I am using my lens of detection. Okay. Uh, Masika, go ahead and make me will save also. Uh, Masika rolls a 12 for a 30. And Sudi rolls a 14 for a 30 uh, will save as well. Okay. So, Citra, you kind of start following along with this. Sudi, you concentrate. Just kind of go, that doesn't feel right, that doesn't feel right, that doesn't feel right. You kind of direct Citra closer towards you because you can feel, again, you were talking about the, the vibration of a single insect, but you can feel one that doesn't feel like the others. Closer to you on the wall, not too far off towards your left. I imagine you call over Citra and Masika. Again, we are talking about, like, even in that five foot, because you can pin it down to a five foot square. 
Yeah, but like it's somewhere. It's it's one of these hundred of them. Yeah. As Masika comes over, Citra comes over. I imagine Sudi probably crouches down and does that, like puts Citra up on his shoulders so that she can get a little closer to like the upper area so that she can fish around as she stares at the beetles, follows them with her magnifying glass, occasionally grabs at one, passes through her hand, grabs another one. Just, I'll just grab Narmer and just sweep him across. <laughs> he puts a flipper out. And <laughs> yeah, just, just get a flipper. Some. You know. <laughs> uh, it takes a total of ten minutes, but you are able to isolate. As Citra, ah. you go up there. You just kind of fish around, fish around, fish around, before you finally look at one and go, "That one is moving away from me." <laughs> As you, like ah. Citra just kind of shuffles, shuffles to the side, shuffles to the side before Citra darts a hand out. Uh, you don't actually even need to make a check to catch it. You just kind of scoop it up in your hand. Nice. You can feel its soft little legs against, or you can feel its hard little legs against the palm of your hand and soft wings flutter as you just kind of make a little cage with your fingertips to not injure the insect as you pull it off of the wall. It can't be a real insect. There's no way it would have survived down here all this time. Maybe it's oh, no, it's definitely got to be some kind of maybe contract or something, maybe magical creation. A little golem? Maybe it's a really well-made tiny clockwork. Maybe. We can add it to Narmer's chest collection. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're going to add it to this door, and the door is probably going to have it. Yeah. It's a beautiful little green scarab beetle. So cute. Aww. Adorable. As you pull the the little jade green insect free, hold it in your hand. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure it goes in the door. There's a spot for it. I just Ooh. can't believe I found it. Look at that. Good job, Sudi, narrowing down the area. Is that a real bug? Let's all look at it. Everybody crowd in. <laughs> I, I, I suppose I hop in. I'm so sure shoulders. we don't because if she opens her hand, it can just fly back into the wall and we'll have to go do this all over again. Well, let us peek in. Uh, anyone that so wishes to may make me a knowledge nature. Oh, let me get sugar. Just don't sugar. let sugar eat it. <laughs> 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 Sugar rolls, oh Jesus, uh, a 15 for a 40 knowledge nature, because she's ridiculous. But I figure she knows about bugs. What Masika do? Masika rolls a 19 for a 43. Oh, bug friends. So looking over this, yeah, Hollis conferring with Sugar can easily identify this. Masika can identify this as well, because this is a relatively common Osiriani beetle, commonly referred to as the Osirian green metallic scarab. How is it still alive? Is it an undead beetle? Magic that'd be hilarious. Problem. From everything you can tell, this is a living beetle. It's alive. I detect magic on the beetle. <laughs> the beetle is magical. Oh, Unfortunately, okay. you failed the percentile check to see whether or not you're searching the area that actually had the beetle in it when you're detecting ah. magic. And fortunately, Masika didn't kill it when she blasted <laughs> half of the room. That's good. <laughs> this is all good. In case you're wondering about that percentile check. I was. You may make a spellcraft to identify this. I really want to know what happened if we had blasted the beetle. I got a five for 29. I really should just take 10. Taking this down, looking at this, identifying it. I imagine Citron Reflex, you know, probably similarly detecting magic, looking at it. Yeah, holding it with one hand, pulling up her magnifying glass with the other one. I assume that I always, like, see Hollis do it, and I'm like, oh, crap, I should have remembered to do that. (laughs) Carved into the back of this scarab, basically directly behind its head, is a tiny symbol, the sun disk. As you identify that this scarab has been enchanted, it is alive. However, the magic carved into its carapace uh, means that, in essence, 
it is subject to, to a resurrection effect every day. Ah. This scarab yeah. dies at sunset every day, only to be reincarnated from its own remains and immediately brought back to life. Wild. Weird. It does this every 24 hours. It's like a phoenix beetle. Wild. Yeah, take a sketch of that Good thing symbol. we came during the day when it's alive. <laughs> Jeez. This All has right. got this... to be the most ridiculous use of magic ever. I love it. This is like a reincarnated beetle over and over again. It is, in fact, a 6,000-year-old beetle. I feel That's a rad. little bad for the beetle, though. What if he doesn't want to come back? I certainly understand being trapped here alive forever. Just sort of glowers from behind all of you. Narmer, do you want an immortal beetle in your tummy? Oh, that'd be really cool. <laughs> well, first let's use it to open the door, and then let's take the beetle and put him with it. it yeah, it might with Rocky finally, or whoever. I was going to say, it might finally stop resurrecting if you use it on the door. Well, that would just be sad. Let's look at the door. <laughs> so it's the wisest beetle that ever lived. I know. Imagine if we could talk to it. The, what we don't know is the beetle has achieved intelligence and has like class levels, and it's like Put I like me we down. have a druid that's it's like it's a rogue, a rogue beetle. <laughs> yeah, we have it. We have a druid that that speaks with it, and it's just like no more, please. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to live again. All of my friends are weird. They never stop moving. <laughs> <laughs> they don't smell right. Actually, technically speaking, as an insect, it's actually impervious to the illusionary effects of that. Oh, that's oh, a good point. Oh. It's vermin. <laughs> like, wow, sorry, I don't evil. believe in you, little illusionary friends. Sad. We take it with us if, if we can. Yeah. Yeah. We need to find a name for it. Well, let's find out if we can take it with us first. First, let's open the door. Very well. So you pick this guy up. You take him over. Can't believe we almost murdered him with magic. I mean, I can. We didn't know he was there. True. You know, make your way over to the uh, the door. And I believe you, uh, do you wish to place the beetle against the door? Yes. I'll let Masika take care of that. All right, I'll take the beetle. <laughs> okay. Because you have, you know, the nature thing happening. What's the name of the beetle god? Kepri. Beetlejuice? <laughs> no. Kepri, also the Kepri. name of Sagira's girlfriend. Yep. Uh, all right, little Kepri. Do, do your magic immortal beetle stuff. And I'll put it on the door. <laughs> Taking it the beetle. away. Placing it to the uh, the beetle symbol on the door, almost as if drawn to it, the beetle is basically pulled out of your hand, like a magnet pulling iron filings. Oh, weird. The beetle's legs immediately slot into the same points on the door, at which point the entirety of the beetle turns to solid iron. Whoa! Ah! What? You can see this soft glow around the seam and around the edges of the beetle before you hear this clockwork clicking and ticking sound inside of the solid surface. This is definitely some Chisisek stuff. Uh -huh. After that, there is a click from close to the ceiling, followed by a second and a third and a fourth. Not something that your characters could understand, but akin to the sound of multiple locks of a bank door mm. unlocking in sequential uh. order before there's a final click down near the floor. Masika, you note that there's now a circular design around the beetle where it can be rotated. Are we sure that we want to unlock this? I guess it's probably stairs or something, right? It's the only way. That's true. There's, there's no true. other place that the key could be right now. Okay. I've just had a feeling like, oh, wow, we're about to unlock something that was behind a whole bunch of magic locks. But I guess like we Like an did evil that. genie? I kind of already did that and it worked out okay. Or like the key to activate this entire place. Yeah. Hakatep was a fan of locking things very deep and dark beneath the ground. That makes sense. You should be cautious. 
This whole place has been trying to kill us. I think caution is just in our blood at this point. I guess Sudi will swap with Masika to be in the front to prepare for whatever badness awaits us. Masika, you're fairly certain with your understanding of uh, clockwork mechanics mm -hmm. that if you rotate the beetle to the right, you should be able to pull the door open. In essence, the beetle itself serves as kind of like a handle. Mm -hmm. Or if you rotate it to the left, you should be able to relock the door. Uh, so if you rotate to the right, the door will open. Um, if we turned it to the left, the door will lock. I'm not sure if the beetle comes back off the door, though. Well, we'll try that on our way out. Indeed. All right. Everybody ready? I feel um, really bad for the beetle. Well, hopefully it comes out when you lock it again, and then we can uh, take him with us. We've been distracted by the beetle, y'all. I <laughs> <laughs> love the beetle, and we want the beetle to be our friend. <laughs> All right. So do I feel anything on the other side of the door? Any movement or anything? No. All right. So uh, Sudi will turn the... Uh... Sudi? Not, not the no. No, actually, <laughs> not that's a good point. Sudi shouldn't do nothing. Yeah, Sudi doesn't do nothing. <laughs> I, I doubt it could be trapped, considering it wasn't even a door a few minutes ago. It could have a glyph. I don't, know. don't know. They've been hiding traps and door frames, so yeah, I would rather be nothing. safe. Yeah, we assume nothing. You open so. the door, there's just a big rug with a glyph of blasting on the other side of the door. <laughs> well, Citra um, will probably gently put a hand on Sudi's paw and just be like, mm, maybe I should. Citra, you reach out. You grab the beetle. You rotate it clockwise. You pull open the door easily. It's interesting because it's almost as if it's on some sort of counterweights that as you begin to pull both of the doors slide open in fluid seamless movement this quiet opening and this smell comes out to you. Good smell? Bad smell? What kind of smell are we talking about here? All you can associate it with is this smell like the desert before rain. It's pleasant but incongruous with what you've seen down here. The door opens up into a small landing. Directly beyond that are a set of steps that descend down some five feet into what appears to be a circular room beyond. To the left and right on the landing, you can see that there are two statues, these graven images carved into the recesses off towards your left and right of the god Set. The steps, however, descend down into a circular chamber, some you'd say 30 feet across. The walls of the circular chamber are coated with white plaster. A life-size statue of an imposing pharaoh, immediately recognizable as Hakatep. His stern face deep in contemplation, his hands cradling what appears to be an entire city, stands at the far end of the room, carved out of the wall. Again, the room has this perpetual smell this scent akin to, again, akin to a desert before a storm. The source of that smell is immediately notable. Sitting, kneeling, in front of the statue, although facing towards all of you, is a figure. Large and powerful, human-shaped figure. Difficult to make out due to this cloud of obscuring dust, as if she sits at the center of a small vortex that seems to perpetually hang about her. Her skin is dark to the point of onyx, hairless, with two horns rising up from her brow to curl back. Her hands are folded in her lap, and as the door opens, she looks up towards you with blazing green eyes. There's a faint howl of wind 
that surrounds her that seems to bring that smell to you. And she has recognizable features such as arms and legs, but they somehow seem wrong, out of proportion, and or almost insubstantial. Hmm. As she simply sits there, almost hovers there, surrounded in this vortex of dust and wind. So cool. She looks like a gargoyle. Oh, dang. A little bit, yeah. She eyes up towards all of you as the door opens. Kneeling here in front of this depiction of Hakatep. Uh, as a side note, anyone that wishes to make me a knowledge uh, history may do so. I have that. Ooh. I rolled an I 18. I roll a 12 for a 20. I roll an 18 for a 36. Suda, you have no idea. Although you can tell that that city Hakatep is holding is actually a flying city, like the shore ah. you would fly on. Oh, interesting. Uh, Hollis, you can tell that that is the Shori city of Ko. Oh. Oh. The woman, of which Hollis, with her previous knowledge check, can immediately identify as the Black Johnny, mm -hmm. looks up towards all of you, hovers entirely up as she stands up without actually touching the ground or really you know, doing anything so much as willing herself to fly higher. Greetings, travelers. Jasura. Jasura eyes her. I don't know you, genie. And I know you only by reputation. The misty figure reaches out a hand and gestures for all of you to approach. Um, I have a feeling you're not just going to let us, you know, pass and get what we need down here, considering you're sitting at the foot of a statue of Hakatep. No, but that does not mean that we cannot be polite first. What exactly uh, do you want to talk about? Why have you come? To activate the Kepsutanum. I see. You have come for the Pharaoh's key. Yep. Indeed. Yes. Interesting. It is here in this room with me. Oh, sense motive. <laughs> you may make a sense motive, so wish. I mean, I figured it's got to be somewhere in here. I only rolled a 10 for a 19. Uh, I rolled a 7 for a 25. No, she seems to be telling the truth. Agazuburi, I imagine. I am Agazuburi. May I ask who is asking? Hollis. It is a pleasure. May I inquire as to the rest of your names? Sudhi. I'm not telling a genie my name. I am Raven. Interesting. I don't mean any harm by asking. The harm will come shortly. Sure, sure. But it would be sad to destroy you and have nothing to remember you by. It's very presumptuous of you. Oh, I imagine it's been a long time that you've been down here. You have not interacted with anyone else. Am I correct? No. Not since the door was closed and I was locked in here. Willingly? No. Ah. Yeah, Hakatep doesn't seem the type to have people do things willingly. I don't know. The Be Beck and Tofra seemed pretty chill. Yeah, Beck and Tofra was happy. Technically, Hakatep allowed me access to the entirety of this complex. I saw no purpose. Ah. I have come down here, and here I remain. And you are correct, perhaps. It would be presumptuous of me to assume your destruction. You must be exceptionally skilled and powerful to have made it as far as you have. However, it does lead to a simple assumption. I will either outlast my imprisonment here until the magic binding me finally fails and falters, although it has not in all these uncounted eons, or I shall be slain by you or other tomb robbers to follow. Either option is equally interesting to me. Are we technically considered tomb robbers if we were given instructions of how to come in here by the person who helped build it? No, we're not robbing the tomb. We're just stealing this key, which is not in a tomb. Semantics. 
Either you shall kill me or I shall kill you. Either way, technically, I get what I want. Out of here. Oblivion. Huh. Far more interesting. Well, far be it for me to deny someone what they want. Unfortunately, my existence, as is yours, is anathema to the nature of the universe. And as such, eventually all of us must be destroyed. Destruction is the only true constant. I can only thank Hakatap for, I suppose, unlike Jasura, who seems to have allied with you, I understand that this isolation has come with benefits. Well, I think your situation was a little bit different than hers, let's be honest. Yeah. Perhaps. But I am prepared. It seems that you are not that interested in polite discourse. I was enjoying the break from the tedium. But I suppose... She reaches a hand down somewhere into the fog mist dust that surrounds her and produces a massive falchion. Great. We will end this in violence. I look forward to the outcome, one way or the other. I don't. We just fought what your outcome was. They were necessary. Gifted, you might say. My lord's blessings are many, and perhaps the greatest of them are the ghouls. Yeah, that's not a blessing. That's gross. Your your lord, the Black Pharaoh? That lord? My lord, Aramon. Oh boy. <laughs> All right, then. Do we know about Aramon? Is that a thing? That's a good question. Uh, anyone that wishes may make a knowledge of religion. I probably have Citrus, no chance of getting you're this. you're ignorant. All right, Hollis knows some I don't stuff, think I want to know. I get a 17 for a 41 religion. Uh, Misty Curl's a 19 for a 34. I can do math. Go team spellcaster. Uh, Aramon is the lord of all divs. Ah, yep. okay. Uh, he is the embodiment of pure destruction and seeks utter obliteration of existence through his div servants. Uh, yeah. He is a demigod, not a full-blown god, and is uh, exceptionally powerful. His origin is shrouded in mystery and legend. Again, he is the god of oblivion, destruction, divs, and nihilism. Well, this all makes sense. Uh, the Jin believe that Aramon was the first, and the first Jin came into being simultaneously, that they are two sides of the same whole. Mm. The latter is the shadow of creation's inevitable destruction. Aramon is both a creature and force of nature. He is the destruction that most inevitably comes to all things in order to keep existence in balance. And as such, he is the enemy of all creation. Okay. As a fun side note, I'll go ahead and give it to you. Uh, in ancient times, Osirian's pharaoh of forgotten plagues constructed a mighty edifice known as the House of Oblivion in the deserts of Thuvia in an effort to entice Armon to Galarian. The attempt succeeded. Why? And Armon Why? arrived with a large number of Div followers. Armon agreed to support the pharaoh in return for the house. The support was not enough to prevent the pharaoh from being overthrown by the song pharaoh that followed. However, and Armon was then banished and returned back to Abaddon. Okay, good. Wow. Well, all right. Uh, as a side note, uh, Armon is also responsible for the creation of ghouls, that as he found the cool. way to vex and destroy mortal life. In essence, uh, creating, how does it phrase it here? Uh, it may seem paradoxical that uh, the embodiment of destruction could also create new forms of life. However, he does so only to hasten the destruction of the rest of the universe. True. So Very much a Robogug kind of thing. Like, why did he create the spawn of Robogugs if he's the god of destruction? Well, it hastens the everything. destruction of other things. Yep. So instead of creation through destruction, it's destruction through creation. Wild. Okay. Well, well okay right. then. Let's send you to meet him. But she hefts her blade, inclines her head in a very respectful manner to all of you before hefting the sword and diving forward to the attack. And I will need initiative from the party. Alrighty. Oh, my dice are liking me for the current moment. I'm happy. That's going to be bad later. Too. Yeah, that's passable. That'll do. Cue up some Sirenscape. Sirenscape. Song track to Oblivion. Nice. Yay! 
feel like there should be like a metal album called Soundtrack to Oblivion. I bet there is. So are Divs and John the same thing? No, no. Divs are like evil genies. Yeah, but and Johns are just like the lessest of genies. Divs are a race of fiends that are native to Abaddon. Uh huh. They're Arlon rules. They are more right? closely related to daemons. Uh huh. However, many planar scholars believe them to be descended from the spirits of the first evil genies. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Have so. we actually made a check about her resistances and all that stuff yet? I kept failing it. I failed it twice at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so we have no you, idea. All you know is what basically she is. Technically, Masika could also have made a uh, knowledge of the planes if you I had it. I don't have the planes. Yeah. That's why. But does yeah. Jasura? Can Jasura fill us in? Oh, yeah. Maybe Jasura knows because I failed both times I tried to roll. Well, I passed in that I got her name, but that was my nat one from last episode. Oh. Uh, Jasura does not have knowledge of the planes. Sadness. Well, we're, we're going to have to go. probably did enough research true. to know what a uh, Baraka Div was, but other than that. Yeah, we got to go with the tried and true, punch it, and hit it with different things and hope something sticks. All right, Hollis Stark with her. Hollis rolls a 17 for a 24 initiative. Sudi Kantar. Sudi rolls a 16 for a 19. Masika of the Beckon. Masika rolls a 20 for a 23. Citra Nahamra. Citra rolled a 17 for a 23. Suppose I'll give it to Citra there. Well, poorly for Jasura there. Rolls a 5 for an 11. And a Gazuberry. Combat begins. Hollis Stark with her, your first initiative. All right, she's probably going to pass this, but Hollis has to try. Uh, dismissal. Okay. I mean, it's always worth a try. I mean, you know, can't go wrong. It's kind of funny because it would not send her to oblivion. She would actually just go away, which is neither of the options she wanted. <laughs> so we'll Hey, you see. know what? That's I fine. I used my banishment already on the sand thing, so I don't have anything like that today. Yeah. Yeah, but using it on the sand thing, I think totally worth it. Uh, yeah, that might so... be the only reason we survived that. This is middle of the road, so this might be an immediate, like, 23. Oh, it passes by one. Oh, <laughs> really? no. Well, you know, it's worth a try. Oh, well, it would have been anticlimactic, so, you know, it's we true, win either way. You got to try. It would have been hilarious, you know. It would have been, yeah, for sure. Hollis casts her spells, grumbles, and pulls her wand of haste. <laughs> yep, there's oh, a faint my. flickering. Stupid, willful creatures. <laughs> Citra Nahamra. Uh, okay. If you want to get on one, uh, like on your side of it, I can get on my side, and we can flank it that way. Assuming this thing can even be flanked, who knows? Well, yeah, that's my one thing. But but we don't know if she has combat reflexes, so she might attack you. Uh, then I am going to attempt to acrobatics uh, to the, I guess, her left side. Citra's right. I guess. Yeah, my right. Okay, so you I need to make your acrobatics to tumble into position. Didn't roll my best. Uh, I rolled an eight for a thirty-six. 36 will fail. She'll use her combat reflexes to take her attack of opportunity as you close through her 10-foot reach. Yeah, mate. Well, it was bound to happen. I seriously sat there for a second and went, that math can't be right. Uh-oh. She hit real good. But it is. That's a 48 to hit. Ah! Uh, yeah. That's a threat. That Falchion's like a times three critical. Yeah, that's what killed on no, your Fals- I know. Falchions are uh, times two. It's They have the high critical range. Oh, that's right. Well, whatever. They do it's a so lot bad. of damage. They do lots of damage. This is going to be bad. It is true. Falchion is what killed on yours. And uh, that is a 42 to confirm. Yeah. So that's 36 points of regular damage, four points of electricity as she spins and slices down at you. But you want to bet she's got whirlwind attack. Seemed like it would be on brand, right? Yeah, probably. Okay, so I still have a standard action left, correct? You still have a standard action left. 
Uh, I'm going to activate my ring of stony flesh. <laughs> Great plan. Great plan. Uh, All right. Yeah. So, uh, da, 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 da. so Citra stumbles back with a hit, reaches down, rotates her ring. Yes. Her skin turns to stone. Okay. Then that's what I do. I get knocked off balance and I'm like, oh, that hurt. Stone skin. <laughs> All right. Masika of the Beckon. I am going to cast, I, I don't know if she's vulnerable to cold iron, but she's genie adjacent. So I'm going to cast cold iron fetters. She needs to make a reflex save. All right. Honestly, as the chains shoot up, she wouldn't even really bother trying get it, trying to get out of the way. However, the chains attempt to enwrap her before simply falling slack and back down to the ground. Whatever she is, she seems to be impervious to any form of like restraint. Oh, she got like freedom of movement kind of thing on her. Well, that's helpful All to right. know. Well, that's the I end mean, of that's my something. Turn. Yeah, we learned something with that at least. Uh, you move action, Manny, if you'd like to take it. I mean, there's nowhere really to go. So back out into the previous room. All right. So from Masika, we go to the div. <laughs> Boy, she gonna hurt us. Uh, just so you are aware, Sitchu, you are bleeding as well. Oh, wonderful! Great, <laughs> fantastic. Agazberry takes a five foot slide to the side. Fatty Gazberry. And we'll go ahead and full out attack. And uh, since she does like to spread the pain, she will literally spread the pain by attacking Citra and Sudi. Okay. Yay! She's gonna hit me real easily. <laughs> That's crazy. A little behind the scenes here. I find it curious anytime they give someone a two-handed weapon and not power attack. That's because she's already ridiculous. All right. So we'll start out with Citra. That is a... God, the math almost doesn't seem right on this. That's a 45. Are you sure you shouldn't double check it to make sure? Because, yeah. I mean, I am. I'm just sitting here. All right. That's a threat. 33 to confirm. Yeah. All right. So that's a critical. <laughs> and this... Uh, this th we need to take this thing down now, now, now. Well... Yep, I agree. Uh, 42 points of regular damage, 8 points of electricity. Jeez. Okay, electricity. I, but I have to take off 10, so it was actually only 40 points 40. of damage. I'm uh, very in a bad place. It then backswings, swinging around at Sudi. F swings, that is a 30 to hit Sudi Kantar. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, that definitely hits me flat-footed. It's not a critical... That is 18 points of regular damage, one point of electricity damage. So 19 minus 3, 16. Back swings around at Citra. That is a 31 to hit Citra Nahamra. Ah, no! Very well, hey. you stumble out of the way as it swings back around you, continues to cleave back around at Sudi Kantar. Oh my gosh, there's so many attacks. That is a perfect 20, which is an automatic hit threat. F. Oh, that, well, no, you're flat-footed. Still. I'm flat-footed. 27 to confirm. Oh, on the nose, the flat-footed. Ah, oh, it's gonna hurt. 33 points of regular damage, two points of electricity. All right, 32, ow. And we'll... Citra looks like she's wavering, right? She'll gore Not Citra. Not gonna show that. Ah, uh, too late, she's goring you. Uh, however, that is only a 30 even. No. <laughs> so you stumble Ooh. out of the way as she attempts to gore down at you. Again, this wind around her picks up in its violence, and you begin to see this crackling of electricity spreading through the cloud beginning to surround her. Sudikantar. Well, all right. Um, uh, okay, well, my plan to get into the flank... If you don't, I can't do any be damage. The only, yeah, maybe the only move we have. So <laughs> here we go. By the rules of flying <laughs> kick, I don't actually have to kick towards uh, her as long as I land adjacent to her, so... 
I'm going to fly and kick, provoking an attack of opportunity because I have no other way of... I can't dodge it. Okay. And I don't want to stand still, so hiya, fly and kick. All right, so you fly and kick at her. She takes the attack of opportunity as you close. Yep. She whips back around. That is a low roll. However, I think a 33 is still going to hit Sudi. <laughs> it hits me, yeah. My poor, poor baby AC. That is 21 points of regular damage, 3 points of electricity. Okay, um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm in trouble. As Sudi stumbles under the impact. That, I'm not as bad as Citra, though, so that's... I could probably do another round of this. Um, all right, I'm going to full-out attack her. Swift action, pummeling style. Start punching. That's about all I got. All Here right. we go. I'm off to a great start. That's a natural one. <laughs> that will not strike your target. That is a 10 for a 30. A 30 will strike your foe. Hey. Uh, go ahead and roll me percentile for mischance as she is obscured behind her cloud. No! I rolled a 20 even. A 20 will miss. Yep. Yeah, it will. Oh, good gravy. All right. Well, third attack. I rolled a two for a 17. 17 will not strike your target. Uh, last attack is an eight for an 18. Um, that is a big old whiff ball from no, I'm afraid that 18 will not strike your target. Wow. We're in trouble. That brings us to Jashura. Seeing Hollis reach into her pocket, Jasura will delay. I'm probably not casting haste this round. If you inform her of that, she will, I will stop tell her away. that. <laughs> She's like, ooh, haste. Oh, well. Probably not. All right. Jasura will go ahead and uh, full out attack. She doesn't know how hard she is to hit, but she also does so much more damage with those, with her deadly aim. She'll go ahead and deadly aim. She is within uh, point blank shot range. She'll yeah, go ahead I mean, and rapid at shot this also. Point, yeah, at this point, it's, I mean, the mischance is the more of an issue right now. So if she can put some points on the board, that might actually do something. Shoots with her first shot with a 33, which will strike her target. Percentile for that mischance. Gets through the percentile for the mischance with an 85. Fires her second shot. That is even better with a 36, which will hit. Percentile for the mischance. Gets through the percentile with mischance, 71. Third shot. This is where it starts getting a little dicey. 28 will not strike her target. Fourth shot. That, however, is a 32, which will strike her target. Mischance. 41 will get through the mischance. And fifth shot. No, that's, I think, a 12. No, it's a 13 because of point-blank range. So still three hits, and her ice arrows are still affecting her. So that is 21 points of regular damage, two points of ice for the first arrow. Follows that up with 23 and five points of ice for the second Follows that up with 21 and four points of ice for the third arrow. So three arrows sink home into her target, one after the next, after the next, slamming home. Uh, for those of you keeping score, and by that I mean Sudi and Citra, you can tell that all of these seem to be getting through. Okay. Mm, okay. Uh, so, and she doesn't seem to have any sort of damage reduction. Well, that's something at least. <laughs> this gravy. is something because she keeps kicking our Hollis Starkweather. Okay. Gotta disintegrate. Yeah, I was going to say, this is the <laughs> yeah, disintegrate moment right Yeah, I was going to start with disintegrate. <laughs> oh, really? Yay! Yes. Grab your rod of quicken and double disintegrate. I don't have a greater wad, uh, rod of quicken. Oh, you don't? No. Oh, sadness. Or standard. I think you just have the lesser. Yeah, I just have lesser. Even yes. the regular one for like fourth to sixth levels, ridiculously expensive. Oh, yeah. It's one of those, if you find it in the loot, you'll use it, but you're never going to probably buy one. Hollis chants and tones, gestures out with a fingertip. Okay, that's a 16 on the die. Uh, 27 to hit touch AC. 
You chant in tone, gesture out, a ray streaks across the distance, a 27 will hit. You do still need to get through the percentile mischance. Okay. That is a 26. 26 will get through the 20% mischance as you manage to strike her. It's a fortitude save. Yes. Watch it. Watch it. That's middling, but she's also made of constitution. That is a 25. Yeah, she saves. Ah! Um, 17 damage, which is basically nothing. 17 points of damage. She's going to make that save. She'll make that save. Okay. Um, I will use my last Lesser Rod of Quicken. I will do a little bit of a jaunt around the outside of the room to get to Citra. Okay. Want to still be out of her radius of attack. I can't tell if that's in or you out. You need to be out in the other side of Citra. There. Um, like over so to I did a little bit of a there. jaunt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> staying as close to the wall as possible. Okay. Did you already um, have the rod in your hand? Can't remember if you walk around with that in your hand or the wand. I walk around with the rod in my hand and I pulled the wand before we started combat, but it's like... Oh, okay. You just drop the wand and go with the rod because you still need a hand for you to spell cast. It is what it is. Uh, and then I will use my rod for quickening um, a resist energy electricity on Citra. Okay. Because she does electricity, so it does something. Yep. I wanted to displace you, but then you couldn't be touched for healing easily either, and it was kind of a whole thing. All right. Okay. From Hollis, we go to Citra Nahamra. Okay. <laughs> Before you do anything else. You're bleeding. Yeah. You take five points of bleed damage as blood <laughs> gushes out from your wound. I'm gonna die. Uh, Citra is going to do a five foot step into the flank. Um, draw. Stab for all it's worth. So Citra will take a five foot step forward, snapping her fingers as she goes to draw her second kukri so that she can full two weapon fight. Do you have a glove of storing? Did you buy one? I do. She's yeah, been do. storing her main hand weapon in it, but she was talking about moving the glove to the other hand. We, we've <laughs> got to use numbers at this point. <laughs> numbers of damages. Many damage, many yeah. many swings. Okay. Save us, Beth. All right. So my first attack, a Quantity over quality. A 10, which gets me a 26, 28 with the flank. A 28 will not strike a target. Oh, shit. I think this thing's AC is 30, by the way. <laughs> well, I can't yeah. magic. Oh, <laughs> I can't magically change the dice, but it's really nice when I roll a 20. <laughs> Yay! Good. Perfect. 20 will automatically hit threat. Roll That's to that. confirm. For those keeping track, that's a drink for her two-weapon fighting and a drink for a critical giggle. <laughs> um, okay, those so... Those of you who joined in the drinking game in the last after yes, party. Yes, you joined in the new drinking game. Unfortunately, I don't think it will confirm because I only rolled a 15, which gets me a 26. With the flank, it's only a 28. A 28 will not confirm your critical yeah, hit. But at least I still snuck attacker. But getting the sneak attack is the more important part yes, anyway. Yes, it is. I do uh, 31 points of regular, two points of electricity. I am going to um, disorient and bewilder her. So she has a minus two to her AC, a minus two to her hit, and a minus six against me, which will hopefully keep me alive. Yeah, that's the way. She's probably immune to electricity. Since you she's do know that the electricity does nothing to so her, I'll but your blade definitely does. All right. And then I would like to go for my third attack. Continue the stabbing. Did you just say continue the stabbing? Yes, continue the stabbing. <laughs> yeah, Citra, you ram your blade into her side. She does scream in pain with this. Her Good. calm visage breaks as her Woo. face contorts into this mask of rage and fury, and her eyes blaze with an unholy green light. I don't suppose my dispelling strike gets ready in, in any of the crap going on with her. It's probably all supernatural abilities. Yeah. 
No, it has no effect on her. Bummer. Okay, well, she still is debilitated and bewildered. All right, third attack. Uh, I rolled a uh, 13, which gets me a 29 plus flank 31. 31 will strike your bewildered target. Yes, okay. Or disoriented, whichever one causes the armor class penalty. Oh, right, because she's minus six against me. Ha! <laughs> oh, that was the worst roll ever. Ah. Oh, I apologize. Um, do not. Take I won't go for the me. previous one because uh, we've already resolved that. But I do need you to roll percentile before we resolve this attack. Because there is a 20% mischance. 39. Okay. I want to put like rain on her or something. Something that would cause the sand to stop flowing around. Ah, uh, I do 25 points of damage against her. Rolled four ones, guys. Four. That's up. Still a solid hit. Yeah, right up until she hits me again. <laughs> at least electricity She's got a minus six at least to doing that. Okay, well, that was my three attacks. She is bewildered and disoriented in case you forgot, which I know you didn't, but I'm just going to keep saying it. All right. Masika of the Beckon. I don't think there's a way for me to get to Citra without provoking, is there? No. Technically, actually, if you move 10 feet over, say, pardon me, and squeeze in a horse's <laughs> square and then spring back <laughs> in by basically like putting your back to the wall and shuffling around the edge of the room. Shimmy, shimmy, Masika, shimmy. Let's do a shimmy, Masika. <laughs> well, I'm going to cast the cure critical wounds before I move. Okay. I'm not gonna, and then I will move. <laughs> the very rarely used for us, you can cast it and then move. Ah, so nice. <laughs> And then yeah, you just boop her. Masika's got them smarts. She knows how to do it. <laughs> She's played enough uh, Pathfinder Kingmaker and Wrath of the Righteous to remember that's a thing. Masika, stay low to the ground and don't draw attention to yourself. That's how I've survived this entire time. <laughs> Even at various times when I'm outside of a bag and I should be subject to area effects, but I'm not. Speaking of being in a bag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, there's a lot of electricity here. Get in a bag, Narmer. I bet one of those criticals would kill me. She, uh, Citra climbs gets, in the back. Citra gets 35 back. Okay. There's okay. a pulse of healing. More importantly, even than the pulse of healing, it does close up your bleeding wound. Yay. Which is good. Yeah. I, I can Unfortunately, Sudi's immune hit. to the bleed effect from the critical he took a couple seconds ago. <laughs> yep. Got that I actually think surprisingly nice. that immunity to bleed comes up a lot for Sudi. Yeah. I was, uh, weird, okay, weirdly, being a living monolith has paid like serious dividends in this adventure, so I'm pretty happy with that. It's almost like this was yeah. tailor-made for living monoliths. If play. only the living monolith Maybe. made you immune to blindness, then it would be oh, the ultimate man. class. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> it does give you the tremor sense, which kind of helps. I, I was gonna say, tremor sense has become very useful so far. All right. That brings us to a Gazuberry. No. Here we go. She screams in rage She's mad and as a full round action spins in place dang it whirlwind attack a vortex of obscuring cloud rolls out overcharged with sand and electricity which begins to spark off of every surface surrounding her yeah, not whirlwind Glad armor went in the bag the entire room and part of the last room poor Jashura is getting it too uh, as she does this a couple things to keep in mind first off these winds are approximately 60 miles per hour Oh, oh crud. So basically this counts as a windstorm, so ranged attacks within it are impossible to make, uh, excepting like rays and things like that. Uh, creatures within the vortex are su subject to the wind effects, which means I'm going to need a strength check from each of you since you're medium-sized if you're attempting to move against the wind. Which way is the wind going? The wind is actually a vortex sucking inwards, pulling things closer to her. Oh, well, I'm already adjacent to her, right? So like Citra and I don't have 
anywhere to go. Correct. If you're not flying, you at the very least have the ground, so you can make a strength check to attempt to resist it. If you are Jeez. flying, it gets a lot worse. Actually, it depends. If you are flying, you get a fly check, which may be better than your strength check, depending on the individual. Uh, you, None of you are small-sized, except for Narmer, but Narmer's inside of the bag, and Sugar, who's inside of her box. Otherwise, they would just be blown away, or in both of their cases, immediately sucked into the center of the vortex. Yikes. Everyone is granted 20% concealment. Well, that's at least nice. Oh, and also it's full of lightning, so just be aware of that. You're not entirely Woo, positive yay. what that does, but, like, all of Sudi's fur is standing on end, and, like, Masika and Citra and Hollis's air is, like, sticking up. Yeah, I'm glad Narmer's in the bag. Yeah, that was a, a well-timed get in the bag. <laughs> Sudi Kantar, uh, you're already adjacent to her, so unless you're planning on moving, you do not need to make a strength check. I do not plan on moving, because I'm in the flank. I do plan on punching her a lot. Uh, I'm going to full-out attack. Uh, for my first attack, I will try to stunning fist her and see if uh, I can actually, like, stun her, although my DC for that is pretty low, so unless she just totally botches it, it's probably not going to work. Yeah. Here we go. Okay, 19 on the dice. There you go. That is a 39 to hit her. 20% miss chance. 83 to get through the miss chance. That will strike so your opponent. Her. Huzzah. All right, so I strike her for... 12 points of damage, and then I need her to make me a fortitude save to see if she's stunned. This is actually rolls very poorly, but that is still a 23 because her fortitude save's so high. Yep, beats it by one. Ah. Um, Citra would like to go ahead and take an opportunist. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> well, what is, uh, what is Jordan's damage real quick? Sorry, what was that? Uh, 12 points of damage. 12 points of damage. So Sudi punches her in the side. She stumbles. Citra dives forward to the attack. Sudi's so, like punching her like, pay attention to me. Okay. So Citra rolled a 14 for a 32, 34 with the flank. Uh, 34 will strike your debilitated target. That's right. Suck it. Extending the range or the duration of both of those debilitations for another round to three. Yep. hey Yeah, because there's nowhere she could actually really move to get out of that flank. Okay, I have two very dumb ideas, but let's see. All right, so that is uh, 38 points of damage. Ouch. A nice. solid hit. God, Citra does so much damage. Good. When we can get her in the flank, yeah. yeah. Murder machine. She's Brings been haunting her craft. Yeah, right. Okay, Sudi's second attack. Uh, let's see, rolls a nine for a 29, plus two for the flank is a 31. 31 will strike his target percentile. <sighs> Only gets a five on the miss chance, so that's a miss. Unfortunately, misses his foe as he begins to attack. I did roll by percentile, by the way, and I did get a 73. Okay. Good for you. Uh, so that's a five for a 22, which is a miss. 22, unfortunately, even debilitated such as she is will not trick your target. Holy cow, I'm rolling garbage now. <laughs> uh, so that is a four for a 16. 16 will not trick your target. I'm uh, gonna spend a, spend a little key point here, uh, get myself an extra attack at my highest base attack bonus. Good gracious. I rolled another four. <laughs> oh my God, Jordan. For a 26. <laughs> wow, y'all, that's bad. <laughs> And funny enough, it starts to come close because of Citra's debilitation, but unfortunately... Yeah, but still, it, it's like, oh, but I'm rolling just, just a little worse than I need to. That's frustrating. Especially considering you could have really used that. Yeah. Yep. So that's, Sudi, the end of Sudi's uh, turn. that's the end of Sudi's turn, and Sudi prepares for the hurt to come. All right. I will need Sudi to also make me a reflex save. Okay. That is an 11 for a 24. Just barely, you manage to avoid as a fork of lightning streams across from the central vortex, sears past you and cracks against the far wall. Oh boy! Now do that 99 more times and you'll get Lulu's <laughs> ultimate weapon. 
<laughs> I hated that so much. So Not, did uh, I. Final Fantasy X, though. Yes. Yes. From, I never did that. I there we go patience. to Jasura, who squints against the wind, kind of starts to reach for an arrow and goes, well, that's worthless. Uh, throws yep. it down, dives forward, uh, grabbing onto the, uh, I believe Hollis dropped a wand of haste in the square directly in I front did. of her as she grabs onto that. You know, spins that, extends it. It's on her spell list, so just activates it and will haste the party. Yay! So pulse of energy goes through. Sweet. I imagine she does that, like, reach out and just snatch it as it goes flying through the air. There nice. you go. Like uh, Obi-Wan with Anakin's lightsaber. Totally. Anyway. Use the force, Jashura. Um, smooth action to pick that up. She'll go ahead and... Uh, she can't five-foot step because of... Well, she yeah, can attempt say, a strength this... check to attempt to move against the wind. In fact, she needs to. To not get sucked in, yeah. She succeeds on the strength check, so she stumbles five feet further back towards the edge of the storm. She will then also need to make a reflex save, doing phenomenally with a 35 for her reflex save. Nice. Nice. As a fork of lightning sears past her, she makes the save, so 32. She saves for half, so 16. She has a 10 electricity resistance. Hmm. So... Convenient. Why did Sudi take points. damage if he passed? He has I evasion, have uh, evasion. Oh. Oh, yep. So Jasura gets slightly struck by one of the lightning bolts that goes searing off of this thing, bringing us to the top of the turn. Hollis Starkweather. I have a series of questions. Okay. Uh, I'm afraid I should have had Jasura start with, uh, it is a strength check real quick. Or are you, well, because you have Overland Flight on. Are you flying or are you walking? Oh, that's right. Yeah. I tend to be hovering a little bit above the floor because the floor is lava in this place. Okay. So you can make so a fly, you, you can a make fly a fly check. check or a strength check. I'll let you land if you want to. Okay, well, definitely would be a fly check. Um, the fly spell gives me a bonus, but I can't remember what the bonus is. Here's how this works. Okay. You have good maneuverability, which is a plus four. Okay. You also gain half of your level, which is plus seven for a total of a plus 11. Uh-huh. So it's plus 11 to whatever your fly skill normally is. Okay, so plus You are four, in a windstorm, so which causes a minus eight penalty. Still better than my strength. I'm probably still going to fail because I rolled a 10. So that's a 17 instead of a 10. Okay. Yeah. So the wind whips around and it is dry. Like the vortex starts dragging you in as you feel this like sucking sensation as everything starts swirling towards the center. Okay. So here's my series of questions. They're really a series okay. of would this work type questions. All right. Question one. Got it. What if I put a wall of stone that was about, you know, like midway high, like chest high? that me and, Hall and Masika could hide behind. Would that actually help at all? It would help in the form that um, a low obstacle of cover, which is half the, half of your character's height, will provide you cover if you're closer to it than the enemy is. And in addition to that, it will grant you a plus two reflex save bonus against the electricity's attacks because it's technically coming from the other side of the wall. Does it help with the being pulled toward the center part? I mean, you could anchor yourself. You could arguably be held onto something. I would say that it gives you a plus two bonus on the strength check. Okay, that seems like a pretty good option. <laughs> Hollis is just going to throw down a wall of stone kind of out from where she is all the way across to the, the far wall to her left um, and try to hide behind it. Okay, so just basically behind her? Yes, because I don't want to block... Citra and Studi in there forever, so I was going to leave this side open, and I was just going to put it essentially in this wall. Like there. Can I be conjured so that it occupies the same space as a creature or another object? Yeah. Okay, so you just want to make a, a low wall off towards your side. Yep, and then I want to try to hide behind my wall. Okay. 
Um, so if you're attempting to move, it is another strength or fly check to get behind it. Yep, we're doing it. Maybe I'll roll real good. It's within reach, so if you're using your strength, I would allow you to get a plus two bonus on that. Oh, my strength is so bad. Okay, I'll make a strength check. I'll, do oh, I'll point out, I won't tell you what the DCs are, but the DC for fly is higher than the DC for strength. Oh, okay. Then I will because do Because you have strength. less purchase. It just depends on whether or not your fly is so much higher than your strength. Well, my strength is a zero. My fly is seven higher, even like with the penalty. Okay. Um, Not a great roll. Plus two. I rolled a 12 for a 14. A 14 does succeed. Yay. Nice. So yeah, Hi. Hollis basically you know extends an arm, ex- basically pulls this uh, this waist high wall out of the the wall and floor, grabs onto it, and that like feet getting sucked in the direction of the vortex and pulls herself bodily behind it. Ah, wall of stone, always worth having prepared. Very well. And okay, Hollis, me. I will need you to go ahead and make me a reflex save. You are behind cover, so you do get in plus two bonus on this. Haha, there's a good roll. I rolled a nineteen, so that's a twenty-nine, thirty-one. Thirty-one. Mm-hmm. A 31 will succeed. I will take half damage, but it will come out of my absorption. So let's see. So still 32, ironically. So that's uh, half damage would be 16. All right. Hollis doesn't take damage yet, but my absorption is going away. As a bolt goes searing past you, bringing us to Citra. This Uh, deafening windstorm goes on around you. Hollis like summons this wall and stumbles. You do suddenly feel this burst of speed run through you as you look over and see Jasura like dragging herself up the stairs and casting a wand over her shoulder. So technically this means with the haste I get four attacks correct? Because I do my two weapon fighting for my three attacks and then I'd get one at my full base? You get three attacks all at the exact same bonus with your haste attack in addition. Okay. Alright. So Citra dives into the attack. Yes. Did not roll well on the first one unfortunately but she is debilitated. So maybe. Uh, I rolled a six for a 23, 25 with the blank. With the debilitation, that will strike your target as you dive for the attack. Okay. Okay. Continue the debilitating. Don't forget the 20% mischance. Be a 96. 96 will get through the mischance. Better. All right. That would be uh, 35 points of damage for the first hit. 35 points of damage. A solid hit as you stumble forward, dive in, and ram your blade into her back. The woman screams in pain for a long moment, pausing, staring down at the blade, now sticking partly through her chest, laughs softly before collapsing. Does the storm go away? It does not. Come hide behind the wall, (laughs) y'all. You can Uh, attempt a five-foot step with a strength check. Sure. (laughs) All right. I did roll a 17. Okay. Yeah. So you can stumble five feet, like, closer to the wall as you attempt to get back and out of the way. Okay. I will need you to make a reflex save. Yikes. Uh, Definitely the worst reflex save I think I've rolled in a while. I rolled a three for a 22. A 22 will fail. (laughs) Then it's probably the first reflex save that Citra has failed in like three books. And considering how low your hit points are, it's probably good that Hollis gave you electricity resistance. Yep. Because that's 43 points of damage as a bolt of lightning sears into your back. Alright, so I took 13. That's why Sudi doesn't want to get crisped. Yep, so Citra is slightly seared as she tries to stumble. Again, she's like slipping. There's sand everywhere as you're trying to walk through this thing, your feet sliding across these polished smooth flagstones. As Citra tries to stumble away, bring us to Masika of the Beckon. Is this a magic effect? Can I just spell it? 
Uh, unfortunately, you're unfamiliar with what it is because you don't know what their abilities are. You could attempt to dispel magic if you so wished. Sure. Let right. me... And I apologize. Um, actually, it might not even be pertinent. What? But we are known for being thorough. I don't think Hollis could have felled a DC 16 concentration <laughs> check, and I'm sure Masika can't fell anything under a... What is Masika's concentration modifier? Well, I get combat casting, which counts. The storm Correct. counts for that. So my wisdom modifier is a 7 plus my level 21 plus yeah. the 4 is a 25. Yeah. So yeah, I you guys could literally not have to roll inside of a tornado. So don't worry about it. All right. So I'm doing a targeted dispel, which is going to be a d20 plus my caster level. Correct. All right, then. Um, I roll a 19, which... So that's a 29... 33. There you go. That's pretty good. <laughs> now, hopefully, this can just be dispelled. Yeah, nothing happens. The storm's still going. Ah, crud. It's supernatural. Run! All right. I guess I'm going to try to head that way. Mashika, it sounds like really cool things are happening out there. Narmer, there's a ton of lightning. Stay in the bag. Oh, I'm a superconductor. <laughs> I was going to say, one of these lightning bolts would probably kill Narmer. I roll a oh, 15, which gets me a 16 on my strength check to stumble forward and grab onto this wall. Very well. I mean, you can actually move You can move half speed in this, which means oh, you can feasibly yes. flee out of the room if you so wish. Well, I have 50, only have 30-foot movement speed, so half. Oh, we're hasted. Haste? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, get out. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all of us just need to leave. The other like, two can oh, meld no. into stone until it's over. Well, Sudi can meld into stone until it's oh, over. Oh, I can. I forgot about that. Yeah. You can activate your ring. Masika would get to the edge and then reach a hand back to help Jasura. Okay. That brings us to Jasura. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to roll an intelligence roll. No. Strength check. So Jasura stumbles forward. Probably on reflex takes out, grabs your arm. I will need you to make a fortitude save as Jasura grabs onto your arm to pull her out from the, the stormy environment. Roll an 11 for a 19. I mean, Masika knows that's the risk. I'm starting to think we need lens cutters or whatever those lenses are that let you see through fog. fog what is it, fog cutting glasses? Uh, no, you feel okay. When she grabs onto your hand, you feel this, like, you know, kind of tingling sensation starting to go through your arm. Did I feel that when I healed her? Uh, previously, which I think you also had to make a fortune save for. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it's the same. Okay. Like, you feel like a shivering going through your hand. Jasura stumbles free of the radius effect for that. She has a laundry list of abilities, none of which would help in this situation. No. <laughs> and that how it always is. Yep. Sudikantar. Um, so strength check to move away. All right. Okay, that is a 14 for a 20. Okay, that succeeds. Okay, uh, I have, you said I move at half speed? Half speed, and you'll need to use 10 feet of movement to get over that wall because it's difficult terrain. Okay, um, I mean, if I double move, I've got like... 2550 plus whatever the haste gets me. So I had a lot of room. I think I can get out of there. Let's see. Uh, so that'd be five. So 30 feet to get over the wall. Okay. Then you my could second just movement. make it out of the room with a 50 foot movement speed. Well, no, because you well, only I'm have hasted. 40 feet because you're hasted. Yeah. But but uh, if I double move, I get 20. I have 25 on each move. So that's Correct. 50. And then I get whatever the haste is, which is normally 30 per move. Right. Your base movement speed would currently be 80. So 40, so I have 80. If you double move. So you could double, double move, move to run out of there, struggling against the wind. Bye. Yeah, I go all the way out. Hollis Starkweather. Hollis laughs and laughs and casts Dimension Door and appears in that room over there. It's going to work as opposed to me trying to make a strength check. <laughs> Hopefully. 
I mean, hopefully it's a gamble. It could be bad. I don't know. It'd be really funny if that's not actually the trap it goes That'd to. That'd be really funny. Somewhere. But we're going to find out. Well, you are allowed a will save against the uh, to overcome the magic of the teleportation trap. No, I'm good. I'll just go over there. <laughs> Famous last words. You really want to risk that? What if it drops Just you? in case it does something else. Oh, no. All right. Hollis just disappears as far as all the rest of you are concerned, bringing us to Great. Citra and Ahamra. So, quick the last question. Still inside of the storm. Uh, I'm assuming the floor is worked stone. The floor is worked stone. Yes. So, I cannot use my ring to earth glide through it. It has to be unworked stone. Oh. Uh, um, yes, that's ah. correct. So, I will uh, try to get out. <laughs> all right. Go ahead and make me that strength check to try to move away from the vortex at the center of the room. Uh, no. That's a five. So, uh oh. Nope. So, you're getting dragged back. You can attempt another strength check for another move action. Sure. Eight. <laughs> this is what I was worried about. I will need Citra to make a reflex save. That I can roll. Okay. <laughs> Usually speaking, if anyone has to get stuck in a vortex of lightning, the rogue is the best. It's, yeah, the, the rogue <laughs> being a good one. <laughs> Sorry, could you, uh, could you repeat that? I rolled a 17 for a 36. Sorry, 37. I'm hasted. All right. Hey. So you managed to evade all of the damage. How the long vortex does this last? I figured. Ends. <laughs> okay, good. Oh, good. <laughs> Dissipating. While Masika is still holding on to Jasura, I'm going to go ahead and use my healing hex. <laughs> I mean, might as well, right? She'll take it. Citra just collapses. She's just laying on the floor right now. It's one of those, yeah, I helped you out of here. Now I'm awkwardly holding your hand. Oh, here's some healing. Hollis is just going to walk back down the hall and back through all the other doors, which I do have to push back open, which sucks, but she gets 24 back and then she would let go. Just so it gives you a smile. Friendly, seductive smile. Yeah, Masika's married. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I suppose, Citra, you, you know, roll over onto your back, kind of wheeze, looking up towards the uh, the statue of Hakatap holding the uh, the city of Ko, staring down sternly towards you. I'll pick it up here next time. Ba -da 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 -da. Ah! <laughs> it's too bad that uh, that Narmer didn't have the the cape of the Montevant because otherwise he could have like dived dramatically, like grabbed, like wrapped like a koala around Citra's head and just teleported the two of them. <laughs> I'm a drop catfish. <laughs> Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.